This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, uh, day three. We're going to come hard and heavy. Obviously, this is going to be the third episode in the books here. Uh, mm-hmm. You got uh, Pete Smith and I early this morning. You got our reactions to round two, um, how, you know, the, the damage was done and obviously found a way to, you know, procure this draft with better assets, procure 21 with better assets. So nice job all around there. So we got with Pete with that. You got my predictions for day three. I predicted a tight end to to go today, not the one I picked or even in the spot I picked it. We're going to get to that. Uh, You know, so that was on your prediction episode. We're going to sit down here. The plan was to sit with Stephen Thomas last night, but the way things worked for Steve, mother nature wasn't cooperating. Um, For me, father time was a a cruel mistress last night. The fact that I was geeked up and fired up after Thursday night led to me being up till three in the morning, up too early, couldn't get that old man napping, yada, 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 yada. So last night being a little bit difficult night for me here. Um, Obviously, at Brown's mock draft, closing down what is best fun part of the year before Steven kicks things up on Monday or Tuesday. Fan speak, we're talking to you. Get your asses in gear. You better be ready. Um, Harrison Bryant, 22 years old, Florida Atlantic, the tight end here. Some similarities that just came to my mind, and I didn't don't know why I remembered this or whatsoever. Um, your new tight end, Austin Hooper, at the combine, 4.7240, vertical jump of 33 inches, uh, a 4.3220 yard shuttle time. Now, obviously, Harrison Bryant, not the size of Austin Hooper, ran a 4.7340. His vertical jump was 32 and a half. He ran a 4.37, 20-yard uh, shuttle here. Uh, Harrison Bryant, a little bit undersized. Um, and this is maybe why this selection works here where it does. When I had talked today on the prediction show, I had talked about if you're going to go get a tight end, why don't you get something that you think maybe you can possibly develop going into the future? I had mentioned Stephen Sullivan from LSU, maybe for one day to be that big combo to, uh, you know, blocker receiver. Obviously work to be done for his case. Harrison Bryant here. Um, and this could lead to a number of issues with David Njoku, Steve. Maybe he's available. Maybe they're not as in love with him. Maybe they feel that the size and speed combo for Bryant and for David Njoku, you can play him outside a little bit more. Um, but this would be the selection of Harrison Bryant. This would be for your future running mate for Austin Hooper, not necessarily the guy who would one day be his eventual replacement. Sure. Uh, and I'd, you know, I'd like to start off by giving a virtual, um, you know, Brockmeyer style double middle finger to the Patriots for taking not only my number one tight end, but my number one and my number two tight end targets in Asiasi and, and Dalton Keene last night. So screw you, Bill. Uh, but yeah, everything you said, <laughs> I agree with. I think as far as how is the timeline's already, you know, uh, flaming with, you know, does this mean Njoku is traded? And I, I mean, they could, but I think more likely what it means is they're just, they're being smart. You know, he's got his fifth year option coming up. Maybe that's the move. They don't pick it up and they play out this year and see what happens. If he busts out, like we've all been thinking he has the potential to do, and he finally does it uh, here in this year, then, you know, they, they re-sign him or at least try. And then they've got a plethora of talent at the position. But if he doesn't, well, now, you know, you've drafted a year ahead of the need. So next year you're not trying to force it. Um, and, and, you know, let's, let's also be honest and not only for injury purposes, but the way the game is going three tight ends on your roster is almost that you can count on is almost a necessity anymore. Um, you know, and, and especially with Bryant, like you said, he's not, I'm not going to say he can't block that. That seems unfair, but it's not the strength of his game. He's 
more of a big slot type, um, which is fine. I mean, maybe they're thinking of him as, you know, everybody's been talking about who's our wide receiver three, who's our wide receiver three. Maybe they're thinking of him as sort of a pseudo wide receiver three, that he's going to be doing the third wide receiver stuff in certain sub packages and, and that sort of stuff. And so now they don't have to take one later this year, or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, as you and I have both hoped for months now, Rashard Higgins is, uh, you know, still in the fold and they're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, in the near future, bring him back, you know, and now you've got, now you're set. Now you're, you're good. You've got guys, you know, at least on paper that you can count on to two and three and, you know, in some spots four on the depth chart. So, I don't mind the pick. Uh, it's probably not where I would have gone. Uh, the Falcons took uh, Michael Walker a couple picks after us, who you know I've been hot on for a long time, and I, I would have loved to, uh, to bring him into the fold. It seemed unlikely after they grabbed Phillips last night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there, there are no picks so far, and Brian, I would include Bryant in this that you just <clears> – <throat> dislike that you that you go wow what the hell you know what i mean i maybe you'd have preferred an edge there maybe you'd have preferred a slot i know we both like a meek uh and and some other guys in that spot but i mean it's not like you can look at it and and hate it at least i can't i, I think it's another uh, notch on on the headboard i think it's a good pick uh they put together obviously a solid three months they had a plan in place um at no part did they get distracted of you know like oh here's the new pretty girl exactly. that came to school and i've now lost my mind um, whether it was Trent Williams and whatever. Look, the move yesterday, if Trent Williams told Minnesota, I'm not going to go. If he told the Redskins, I'm not going to go to Minnesota. Look, he is straightened out of the 49ers. But, dude, come on. You've wanted out. You've wanted out. You've wanted out. Let's just do this already. So, you know, it takes two to tango, sadly, in that situation. Um, Washington is going to get essentially whatever they can get from San Francisco for that deal. Um, so you didn't stray for that. Uh, OJ Howard might be available. Didn't stray. There was a course. You had a plan in place. And look, Stephen, right now they carry five tight ends. There may be more that I'm not even thinking of, somebody insignificant, but you brought back Farrell Brown. You right. obviously have the youngster in Stephen Carlson. There's five tight, end, five tight ends on this roster. They, like you said, three. When you play a lot of two, you're most likely going to carry four. So you're right. going to weed through these guys, you know, Farrell maybe has a shot because maybe he's the second best blocker of this group. Um, there's competition in that other part here. Um, you know, Carlson does play some special teams. That could be interesting, but it's going to be fun how all of this plays out. And if it's in a position of importance, then you can use the phrase of there's no such thing as having too many people in the room. They value this position. They value it highly. And it's going to be a battle whenever they can get to work here. Jeff Lloyd with Stephen Thomas. We're going to get Stephen's thoughts here on night two. As we continue to cruise on through, just giving you guys a ton of content here on Locked On Browns. If you are not subscribed on iTunes to Locked On Browns, get that handled for me. Uh, ratings, reviews, five-star, quality written reviews, always appreciated. Same thing over at Spotify. Make sure you're following Locked On Browns on Spotify. All the ratings, reviews, all that great stuff. Uh, uh, just I can't appreciate it enough, and obviously – it's nice to actually get back to football things to talk about. Appreciate everybody for staying with us as long as you have. But we got football to talk about. We're going to talk the living daylights out of it. Now, Stephen, you know, we walked away and you know, we had talked a little bit yesterday about, you know, texting and stuff like that, about what was available here on day two. On my prediction show, I predicted Grant Delpit. I did predict a D tackle and I did predict a linebacker. So you got three positions right. Um, went to work here. And, and the one that just astonishes me is – and, and this is maybe where you wonder about a guy like Andrew Barry. And, you know, there's always the guys in the room and it doesn't, this is a game. The NFL draft is a game. And sometimes you got to kind of have some stones for it. So obviously they spent 
most of that 20 hour period going, man, Grand Delpit's there. Grand Delpit is there, man. This really matches up. And then you get a call at 41. And even you're only dropping back to 44. You're picking right. up a fifth round pick. It takes the stones to say, well, crap, I know what Indy's going to do because I'm giving them the pick. I don't know what's going to happen at 42. I don't know what's going to happen at 43. Sometimes you got to have some stones. Took some stones here. Still ended up with their guy in Grand Delpit. Still ended up with a second selection in the fifth round out of the deal. Great job. Sometimes you got to know how to play the game. And so far, Andrew Barry looking a little good doing that. Absolutely. It's a poker table. How many times have you and I said that over the years? It's a poker table. You never give away your intentions and, and until it's – don't show your cards until it's time for showdown. And you got to know the other players at the table. And my guess is one of two things. One, like you said, they looked at the two guys in the two teams in between them and said, you know what? I, we don't think it's likely that they're going to go safety. So we're reasonably certain that he's going to be there. Or they had two or three guys. You know, I mean, they loved Delpit, but they also liked, you know, a uh, uh, chin or, you know, whoever or whatever it is. And they said, you know, even if we do get sniped, <laughs> we have a solid backup plan. But yeah, I mean, Winfield, whatever. At, but it was exactly yeah, right. whoever it was, whoever it was. Um, um, you look at the the first three picks, and not only did they get incredible talent, I think, but they got just ridiculous value. If you had told me what are the odds that you know two of these guys would be you know that Wills Delpit and um, and especially Jordan Elliott would be available at 10, 44, and 88. I would have said unlikely that two, let alone all three at those values. So not only did they get, you know, who they want and they at positions of need, then that's the other thing too, but they got tremendous value out of the heck they picked up an extra third and an extra and a fifth. So, I mean, you, you, there's no way you can look at those first three picks and be upset. I just, I cannot see a way. I mean, you and I sat in December and near the end of the season and said, okay, let's list their needs as before we even know free agency or anything like that. And in order, left tackle, safety, interior defensive line. They nailed all three of them with their first three picks and got extra assets to be, you know, on top of it. So, I mean, you can, maybe you prefer, like you said, maybe you preferred Winfield a little bit or chin a little bit, but you still got one of the best safeties in in the game at 44. Maybe you preferred Werfs or somebody at 10, but you got one of the best, I think, you know, the best left tackle or a, a tackle prospect at, at 10. You know, you, I mean, I, the defensive tackle group from 40 to 80, you know, you could have put them in just about any order, but I've, I've been high on Jordan Elliott since uh, January, and to get him at 88, Never would have thought it was possible. I would I would have been no way in hell guy <laughs> on that one. So uh, I'm I'm pleased to be wrong there. Um, I, I, the first three picks are all home runs, just absolute home runs, moonshot home runs. Uh, and this is here the funny thing now, like, and we had talked about this, established what the key needs of this franchise were. Okay, signed two safeties, drafted one, signed a top shelf right tackle, drafted one at ten. We need this true number one tight end who's receiving that blocking threat. All right, best guy in the market, Austin Hooper, handled. Just now drafted one as well. Defensive tackle, you signed Andrew Billings. You hadn't, hadn't got Jordan Elliott. You know, you had the makings of a good start to a room. Now you made it a good room in the defensive tackle room. 
fantastic job, fantastic effort on that. Obviously, we knew the talks were trying to improve what they had draft-wise for 2020. They were scheduled to make their last section high in the 200s. Their last selection right now was scheduled for 187. They walked into this draft with seven draft picks. They're walking out of here right now if they don't do anything today with seven draft picks. So not only did they get themselves from a blank round, which was the fifth round, improve that, got out of the seventh round to add an extra pick here. So they'll make still make seven selections. You added a 10th draft pick for 2021, a third rounder. So now you've already got 10 there. So it, it, you're feeding this year. You're feeding the future. It's been well played. Um, and like you said here with um, <clears throat> obviously, you know, uh, Jordan Elliott, and obviously we'll get to Phillips here. You get Jordan Elliott and you look at it from PFF. What do they say he does? He does everything. He, he plays the run. He plays, uh, you know, obviously he can get after the passer. Um, for you guys looking at it, yes, you do get an Olivier Vernon type of vibe that the box score doesn't show everything. But you want players who are do do what they are told to do. Will follow grade above 90 in both of these phases of the game, according to PFF, and this war player who does your assignment. Right, yeah, and one of the things that you notice uh, if you watch, <clears throat> excuse me, if you watch Elliot is he he's he wins a lot of his one on ones. He, I mean, he's th- there's questions about when once he gets into the backfield, he doesn't finish as often as you would like, but he wins a lot of his one on one matchups. And you would have to think with Miles Garrett to his right. He's going to get one-on-one 95% of the time. Miles is going to draw the tight end and the chip from the uh, the running back. All the help is going to go towards Miles. So if those four guys are over there blocking Miles, he's got to beat somebody one-on-one. He's going to do it quite often. And with Miles still creating pressure against three blockers like he always does, there's nowhere for the quarterback to go. So I really like the fit. And like you said, Billings, I know we're both higher on Billings than a lot of people. People thought it was some kind of low-level signing. I think the dude is is poised for a breakout. I really, if you, if you ask me to pick one of the slew of one-year deals that they've signed in free agency and said, you can only pick one guy that you think is going to be the candidate for an, uh, an extension, I would put my money on Andrew Billings out of that group. I, I think he's untapped to this point. And yeah, like you said, with Phillips, <clears throat> not going to you know, uh, splash highlight play. He's not going to be on ESPN's top 10. He's not going to, you know, but he's also not going to lose you games. He's he's an assignment football player. I'm supposed to be here. Okay, he's going to be there. That's what he's going to do. He's in, and if he's supposed to make the tackle, he's going to make the tackle. He's you know he's not going to be a Luke Keekley type, but he's he's a key element in when you look at Woods's defense that apparently doesn't rely. Everything they've done says they're not really concerned about the linebacker position. They're going to work on coverage. He's the exact kind of guy you would want in that situation. So, well, again, I probably, if they wanted to go inside linebacker at 97 last night, I would have preferred Michael Walker. But, again, you, you can't hate it. it. It's it's a solid pick at almost the 100th pick in the draft. And as far as later this year, I, I'm with you. I loved what they did. You, you basically, you know, it comes out in the wash. You traded a seventh for a fifth this year. And it, there's always, I think it was Jimmy Johnson that said, there's always somebody willing to give you next year's fifth for this year's sixth. So as much as there are guys in that 160 and 187 range that I know we both like, and I know there's a lot of folks on the timeline who have favorites out there as well, uh, Derek Tuska among them, if they decided to trade out, like completely out, you know, somebody wants 160 and they're willing to give us their 
you know, fourth next year or, you know, fifth that could can turn into a, a comp fourth or something like that. I, I wouldn't do, I, I wouldn't hesitate for two reasons. One, like you said, you're building up future uh, uh, draft capital. And two, I can't get this rumor out of my mind that with the uncertainty about the college football season, there's going to be a massive pile of guys in the supplemental draft this year. And if you can make a couple supplemental picks this year with extra thirds, extra fifths, extra sixths, then next year you still have your, your full allotment and you picked up extra guys this year for basically nothing. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see what they do with those picks. Uh, no doubt. Um, one thing I've actually forgotten to share with all of you guys, um, I did some talking around and asking some people about, you know, Andrew Billings and the small contract. And I, I did get a response that there's a small faction within the NFL as far as Andrew Billings and his health is maybe being a guy who was a power lifter at 16 years old and stronger than Mark Henry may not have been the best thing for his body long term. Never mm-hmm. thought about it. Um, the second it was said to me, it was like, oh, good God. Uh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So Andrew Billings in some league circles may be viewed as a guy you don't ever essentially want to give a a starter's plate worth of reps. So that could be the thing with Andrew Billings. Look, we love him. We always have. And you like the you like the fact that he's just a big kid, big fun kid. You love the fact that he's pretty crazy athletic for a man who's just an absolute monster. Not to mention he could tear your house, house down brick by brick if he chose to. But there was something I didn't never got the best along with anybody uh, on Andrew Billings. Um, the thing with and look for everybody, I get it, I get it, I understand. And but I do agree with you guys. I understand you are Ohio State fans. That does not mean that Ohio State is essentially the triple A affiliate of the Cleveland Browns. It it's not. If it was Malik Harrison or if it was Jacob Phillips, I, I don't think you went wrong either way. I'm sure it saves right. you guys even more that Malik Harrison went to pick right after. I, I was and remain a Jacob Phillips guy. And the, the the responses I'm getting here today, and somebody jumped in to defend me. And look, there's a time, guys, where if it gets too negative, guess what? Phone goes on the counter. I don't look. So that way, when there's 30 notifications, guess what? I look at the 30th. I ain't looking at the 29 in between. But somebody, Jeff, you've dealt with so much BS over two years for loving Joe Schobert <laughs> because he misses tackles everywhere. Um, The least amount of missed tackles out of this linebacking class, Steve. Was Jacob, Jacob Phillips from LSU? Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's great. Job. This is now a complaint now for a guy you drafted 97 overall. Oh, well, all he really does is does his job. Oh, by all means, then what were we thinking? Yeah, exactly. Some people just like to be mad, uh, and and you know certainly the Buckeye stuff plays into it with a with a portion of the timeline for sure. But um, and this I is why I, I do. I get that part, guys. I do. Well, and it's not like they don't crank out good players, but, you know, you don't scout the helmet. You just don't. You know, you, you make the best value pick with the information you have at the time, and that's what they thought. So, I, you know, some people just, they enjoy being mad. You deal with it a lot more than I do. I, I, I have flexed and built up my ignore muscles to the point where when they jump into my mentions with that kind of stuff, I just let it go. I know you're a Jersey guy, and you just – foam at the mouth at that kind of stuff so you enjoy it a lot i'm also trapped in a house right now steven i'm trapped in this a house is true. Right now. it's your only winning. chance to win an if i unleash yeah. on somebody here they all turn on me all four of them <laughs> once turn at me so sorry guys somebody's going to get it in a timeline somebody's going to get it <laughs> exactly so you know i and you also gotta you and i use this 
a lot. You go back to, you know, the line in Miracle, I'm not looking for the best players, I'm looking for the right ones. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be both, but they seem to be putting together a plan with that, much like the Patriots have done for almost two decades, we're going to draft certain guys that can do certain things, and that's all we're going to ask them to do. You know, you do these three things good. Well, okay, you go do that for 44 snaps a game. Then we're going to put this other guy in for the other 37 snaps because he does the other two things good. And it seems to have worked for the Patriots. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but it seems they're trying to at least follow some sort of similar blueprints. So, yeah, I, I can't hate anything they've done so far. I'm, I'm fine with Phillips. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the selection, guys. Look, I would have, I would have been happy if it was Malik Patterson, about that range, um, and it got a little weird with the linebacker class with the running guys that went at the end of round one. Um, Cincinnati, I'm gonna hate you forever. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and sticking with this theme, um, with the neighbors of the AFC North eating alive on Jeff's draft board, Steve, Anthony McFarland, running back, Maryland, Pittsburgh Steelers selection. Of course, he is. Yeah. Yeah, they took Highsmith last night, and I threw stuff. So, you know, uh, everybody's having a good draft, at least as far as we're concerned. Everybody's having a good draft. I think it was the Cowboys that just flashed on my board that took one of my guys, Reggie Robinson. I think that's a hell of a pick right there. Yep. So, yeah, everybody's doing well. If if they uh, The Bengals people keep talking about, and I agree with them, they have not addressed the offensive line, but, you know, that leads me to believe that uh, uh, Jonah is still their guy, and they, they firmly believe in him. So, And they better yes, hope so. Bobby Hart be- is a starter on that offensive line. Well, I get it. I get it. Like I said, I'm with you. But, you know, he better be. Jonah better be the guy they think he is, or, you know, this newly revamped defensive line that we've got is going to have serious fun two Sundays in the fall. Um, And I'm sure for my Jets folks, um, hell is all burning down now as the Jets have drafted a quarterback. James Morgan, I guess that's it. Sam Darnold, you had a nice run. It's over, big guy. Um, (laughs) uh, We'll continue to get more shows uh, throughout the day here. Um, Stephen, we'll just go with two general teams here right now. Um, The Raiders have drafted three wide receivers for a quarterback that doesn't really throw deep. And Steve, what in the good Lord in hell are the Green Bay Packers doing? I I am not nearly smart enough to venture a guess on that. Um, I mean, I guess it's, the big one, of course, is the Jordan Love pick. Um, and from a big picture standpoint, I get it. If you think he's that guy and, you know, the, the, the analysts are you know pretty much split on him. Um, then, you know, the three, two, three years of sitting, learning behind Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's what Aaron Rodgers did with Brett Favre. So uh, I can understand it from that perspective. But from the other perspective, you've got a roster that you still think is a contending roster and you're not adding weapons for Aaron Rodgers, who is still Aaron Rodgers. Not like he's over the hill, you know, not like he's declining or anything like that. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't uh, explain it. But as so, people are so apt to tell me and you in our mentions on a regular basis, they work in the league and I don't. So, you know, who am I to tell them what to do? As far as the Raiders, um, are we a hundred percent sure that Al Davis really passed away and he's not, you know, uh, just living in a bunker somewhere and still controlling everything. I mean, wow. Um, Our brain transplants. I mean, it's 2020. We've all been locked in our houses for a while. Exactly. <laughs> Had brain transplants happened? Maybe they took him out of you know some uh, you know cryogenic thing, slapped his brain in somebody else. But yeah, you got to wonder if Al's kick alive and kicking somewhere here. 
It's funny because, I mean, you know, just on the face of it, you can't really argue with the players themselves. I mean, you know, I, I like those guys. I like everybody they pick. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like the, the Ravens in tight ends. How many freaking wide receivers? What are you going to run the wide nine, you know, uh, offense? I, I mean, <laughs> how many guys are you going to split out? It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Are we switching to a seven-on-seven seven league and Goodell just hasn't told us yet? It's – uh it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, there's been some interesting stuff. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts is, you know, obviously the the big one that sticks out to everybody. There's been some interesting stuff that's gone on. But largely, uh, despite what we were told a couple of weeks ago, that the media is way off this year, it's it's gone pretty close to what a lot of us have thought. Uh, a few picks here and there, but you know, we've been pretty close on most of this stuff. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I hate anything that's gone on so far yeah I, I would agree for the most part i mean just head scratchers you're not really sure what green bay is doing right. it doesn't seem especially with the money they've allocated to the defense and the draft assets you figure this was the year it was like all right well let's get one more wide receiver in here but you know maybe they love lazard i don't know um you know they drafted aj Dillon. i mean if any opportunity to get the ball out of the hands of the running back who led the nfl in touchdowns you might as well go ahead and take an opportunity for that um sure. but look the raiders are always going to be the raiders um, regardless of what the regime is. And obviously the regime right now, it's wide receivers and it's Clemson players. So there is that aspect of it. <laughs> and just one more to get here, get here too, before we put it close to this. Um, we talked a lot about where we thought wide receiver was going to be one of the positions of importance in this draft. Two picks left. They haven't addressed it. And this is where it gets a little weird here, Steve. Rashard Higgins, for a guy who is an absolute true free agent, a guy who has zero affiliation to any NFL roster right now, this guy's cle- this guy tweets and everything about him says I'm still a Cleveland Brown. So maybe there's the thought that there is a deal there to be had. I mean, he's congratulating Jedrick Willis on getting drafted. Um everything is, you know, responding with Browns fans. I'm not sure if this is totally as closed as some may have thought it was and I'm happy for it. I've always, you know, the relationship between Baker and Rashard seems to be pretty special. It seems like maybe something's there, and hopefully we'll hear some news on that soon, but it seems a lot like Rashard Higgins doesn't think his time in Cleveland is over yet. Yeah, and that would be the simplest solution to this whole thing, you know, that we all that we all have been hoping – well, not all, but a lot of us have been hoping for. Um, there are still some guys on the board and look to probably be on the board at 160 and 187 that I like, but they don't have – I, I, when I, whenever I think back to two years ago, because last year I think we, we, we pretty much need to throw it in the fire because we've learned so much behind-the-scenes crap was going on. But you look at the connection that they had, especially on third downs, Baker and, and Richard Higgins. I, I think back, to use Miracle again, to that Coneheads line, the scene where they were just like, yeah, I don't know. We just know where each other is going to be. You know, pass, shoot, score, you know. It, and, and it seems like they have one of those bonds that you can't teach. It just happens. Richard knows where he, Baker wants him to be, and he gets there. Baker knows where Richard's going to be. It, it's a safety net. It's a security blanket, whatever word you want to use. And it's something that I would be thrilled with if they brought him back. You know, now if they go for that, you know, do it in the, in the draft, I mean, there's still – you know, John Hightower is out there. I know our friend Matt Waldman loves Quintez Cephas a lot more than I do. Uh, um, Joe Reed. There's Courtney Davis, who you like. Uh, Tyree Cleveland can can run, you know, by the flash. I mean, there's 
uh, Omar Bayless, Darnell Mooney. There's still names out there that I like, but they are fifth and sixth round picks for a reason. So uh, I would love it if they just went Higgins and we're done with it. But, you know, until it happens, I think we have to continue talking about uh, about uh, these guys here in the draft. And there was no more better example of that last year than the Buffalo game. That had been the point where Rashard wasn't playing. Guess what? Key spot. Need a guy in the red zone. Um, guess what? I know what you're going to do. You know exactly what I need you to do. Bang, boom, right. touchdown. Browns beat the Bills here. You guys need gear, Zable Apparel. Brian's a great guy. Companies right now, and especially family-owned, these are the ones struggling the most. You see these government bailouts. Look who they're bailing out. <laughs> bailing out the big names. Um, and trust me, Ruth, Chris, they're going to be all right, man. Those, uh, you know, the diamonds under the pillows ain't going away just yet. The small businesses. Uh, at Zabo Apparel on Instagram, on Twitter, ZaboApparel.com, S-Z-A-B-O. Go ahead, use free ship right now as a promo code. Get the stuff for, uh, shipped for free. My guy, Brian Zabo over at Zabo Apparel. Guys, that is where you need to be getting some per, uh, some merchandise from. Steve, before we let you go, right now scheduled two selections left. Give me positions. Give me players. I of your choice. You ain't got to predict it. <laughs> you know that I've been uh, uh, well, good because I suck at that. Uh, <laughs> you know I've been banging on corner as a sneaky need um, for months now, and uh, I, slot is obviously you know where everybody thinks. So Josiah Scott, uh, Kendall Vildor, Javaris Davis is still out there. I think Lejarius Sneed is still out there. If I'm not mistaken, Amik is still on the board unless he's gone while we have been. Uh, uh, on the uh, on the on the on the air here, uh, but another guy. I'm sorry. I, 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 unless you have information that his ankle is absolutely shredded, I I there's no way I could pass on Bryce Hall at, at that point because healthy last year, people were talking about him as a day one guy, and you, you watch his film. Even if you only like him in day two, to get him at 160 or 187. I mean, this is a place where you take shots. I mean, you know, guys with injury questions because, you know, what are you looking at from 160, 187? You're looking at special teams. You're looking at, you know, rotational contributor. And maybe if you do your homework just right and the situation's just right, you're looking at a consistent contributor or a starter. And with a guy of his raw ability, if he can get back healthy and you've grabbed a guy like him to put next to Denzel and Greedy for the next five to seven years, I mean, that's – that's outright robbery. So I would I would love it if they went corner at one of these spots. And I also still want an edge. I know everybody uh, wants a wide receiver. And there are some guys I listed a few minutes ago that I wouldn't mind in that range. But you're looking at these edge guys that are still out there. I mean, uh, Willickis is still out there. Gibson, uh, uh, Gibson from Tulsa is still out there. Uh, the kid from North Dakota State, I would not have a problem with him. Uh, either of those is uh, I, I think Weaver's still on the board for some reason, uh, unless I guess he's gone while we've been on the air here. So uh, edge would be a spot. And I know you've been higher on running back uh, uh, than I have. Uh, Eno Benjamin is still out there as far as I, as far as I know, boy, mm-hmm. would he be fun in an offense like this? He would be super, super fun uh, if they're going to go that route. So if I had to guess two positions, I'm going to guess, corner and edge. Those are the two positions that I'm going to guess if they actually make two picks. Um, to this point, yes, everybody you mentioned is still available. Um, Weaver, it's getting kind of like questionable here. Like, hmm, yeah, something yeah, we don't up? know here. 
because you know it's getting really weird and you look at everybody's best available and it's been him for like a while it definitely makes your head scratch on one of the last oh, pictures let, let the me board. throw let me throw one more in uh just an under the radar name kyle murphy played tackle at rhode island uh most people yes. think he's a guard uh at the next level and especially again at, the, at these values where you're you're taking shots at guys boy if you could kick him into that right guard spot in case these other guys, uh, you know, don't don't handle it like we think they're going to. That I, you, the offensive line room is getting crowded at this point, but I wouldn't sneeze at Kyle Murphy at one eighty seven either. No, I agree with you. Um, and uh, Eagles just pulled off a great pick, and this is why good franchises do good things. Kevon Wallace had a Clemson tested well, played everywhere, played right. against everybody in the NCAA. That's why good teams do good things. Um, we'll put a wrap on this here. Uh, make sure you follow at Browns Mock Draft. Uh, again, uh, the Pandora station, the CDs. Um, Steve, as much as I love talking ball with him, a lot of our talks are just about life. And, you know, I, I get to enjoy a little bit of what his career outside of all this is, which sadly right now is dormant. Why? Making sure you uh, go ahead and subscribe to the Pandora station. Uh, pick up a CD here. Um, Steve's a funny guy. I, I, I relate to it. I relate to it well. Um, and most of you who probably listen to this and you're married and you have kids, you're going to relate to it as well. Uh, the show itself, Locked On Browns, all lowercase, follow back account. Um, make sure you throw a follow over there. DMs are open. Um, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Questions, anything you want, maybe put it in the show here. Always looking for and willing to take good ideas and run with them. Uh, with that, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Make sure you're following on Spotify, ratings, reviews. That's what fuels this business, fuels the show. Again, thank you to everybody for that. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.